Welcome to episode six of Holistic Healing Space podcast. This is your host, Holly. And in this episode, I had a fun multi-dimensional chat with my pal, Tristan, who is a holistic health coach and owner of Sonder Strength and Wellness. In this episode, we discuss mindset and the importance of understanding the impact of trauma and our emotions if we really want to grow. We talk about pushing past fear and our self-imposed comfort zones, breaking habits, life-changing book recommendations, the technology pandemic, and the importance of slowing down, being present, and the practice of meditation in a world that has so much external noise. We hope you enjoy our chat as much as we did. Welcome, Tristan. It's really great to have you on the podcast oh, thanks for today. Having me here. <laughs> You're welcome. Would you like to tell us a bit about what you do, who you are, well, who are who you? Who I am? Who am I? <laughs> what I do is uh, I'm a personal trainer, but I, I like to say more of a health coach. I think coach is the term now these days because, you know, we coach people through training, nutrition, their life, lifestyle. That's what I do. So the technical term is I'm a personal trainer, but I like to do You're more than more just than training. That. Yeah, I like to think so. You know, what I do is help people get healthier and it yeah. makes me feel good when I can help someone become healthier. When it comes to being healthy, you know, it's not just, you know, eating well and, and uh, exercising. What's the byproduct of that? You know, your, your mood is better, you sleep better, you're more happier, there's less confrontation because you're less stressed. Yeah. Yeah. So when clients come to you, they, they come to you, I guess, is it mainly for personal training? Or? When they see my, yeah. my socials and stuff, I think they ask about training. The thing is, I don't like to just train people. Uh, to be honest, I get bored if it's just training. Yeah. Um, I want to help people turn things around if they're like, you know, say they're unhealthy or they may have some sort of issues with their health. Yeah. Obviously, like within my scope of practice. But if it's just training, yeah, they think it's training because, you know, I'm a per- they see my stories and like I'm training in the gym. I train people and they come for personal training and then it's, I just say, you know, if you want to work with me, we'll do a consult. Yeah. That's when I figure out exactly what they need and it's usually more than training. And I, you know, I give my recommendation of what they actually need and whether or not I'm the right person. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because when yeah. it comes to our health, I mean, you can see a personal trainer, but it's only like one part of a jigsaw, isn't it really? Just working your, on your yeah. fitness. Training is the last thing I look at. Yeah. It's like what we've spoken spoken about before it's the mindset that kickstarts everything a hundred percent and that's why like i really connected with you and i saw what you were doing your approach was really holistic and quite um very authentic your approach yeah (laughs) no i really dig it (laughs) and yeah i think it's just the way that you approach health is you see it from all different angles yeah yeah pt pt has come a long way say coach like i said before we coach people through what to do yeah we're not just train you one day, see you again next week, and yeah. then not get in contact with the client at all throughout the week. You know, that's, that's like the olden days of PT. But to get proper results or long-lasting results, you need to do a lot more than that. Yeah, totally. Which is yeah, holistic health. So looking at health, all different angles, making sure you're – because everything interconnects. Everything works together. It doesn't work on its own. Like the whole system, not just the body itself – the mind affects your actions, your food will affect your mood, what your actions are will affect your stress or your calm, mm, you know, everything 100%. works together. Yeah, 100%. I really like that you, you you talk about all those in your clients. Yeah. How did you get into your fitness? Has it always been a big part of your life, health and fitness? Yeah. So I probably started going to the gym when I was, 
Uh, I think I, I dabbled in going to the gym at 18. Yeah. But when I jo- joined my first gym, I think I was around 20. And I guess the reason why, one of the reasons why I became a PT was because once I started training, it was always a part of my life and it was something I never neglected. Mm-hmm. It's always, if I was a, a little off, it'll just be like a day or two or a week and then I'd come back on. Training was always there for me. Yeah. As a youngster, um, I didn't really think about nutrition that much. didn't really think about mindset. It was training. Yeah. So at tw- in 2016, I was working at the airport and it was a, look, it was a job. It wasn't a career for me. It was getting stale. Yeah. And I wanted to do something more. And I was either thinking about going back to drumming, which I hadn't done for a few years, or becoming a PT. And the reason why I had I even considered that was because I I never neglected my training. So I thought maybe I can do something with that. And um, the nudge I got that pushed me over the edge of becoming a PT was because of my friend Dennis from Burn Boxing. He told me if I got my certificate that I would get, I would have a job at his gym. Mm. Yeah. So thank you to Dennis for giving me that little push. Yeah. (laughs) And I know um, you and I have talked a bit about mindset before and how important that is. I'm very big on that too. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear your perspective just in terms of fitness. I mean, as a therapist, I guess I focus a lot on emotions and mindset and health, but not so much fitness. So I'd love to hear how it kind of ties in with what you do. Well, it starts with what you do. So emotions. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think they all, like I said, they all intertwine. When it comes to training, you, you just have to have the, the right mindset for it. Yeah. Like you need to understand, depending on why you're training, you need to understand the main reason why you're training. You know, and for most people, general population is for health. Yeah. Yeah, not to get abs, not to get bigger by mm. arms or... Mm. If that's your training drive, then you're not going to get far or you're not going to be motivated enough. Yeah, yeah. motivation's a good one too, isn't it? Yeah. See, I don't even like to say motivation. I like to say momentum. I like that. Yeah, I did a post on this on Instagram, one of my earlier posts. I, I actually dislike the word my motivation because people tend to think it's something that just comes sporadically and then they'll get motivated to do something. Motivation doesn't come until you start doing something. Very true. So you, yeah. you have to be in the like... You know, you have to be de- like unmotivated and then start doing something and then you will become motivated because you've started. Mm. I like to think about it as like a ball yeah. that dead stop, hasn't moved. Yeah. That's where you are when you're like saying, I'm not motivated to do something. In the ball needs to start moving yeah. to create momentum. Yeah. And the only way that's going to start moving is if you get up off your ass. By the way, can I swear? You can. This podcast. You sure can. I'm surprised I haven't sworn <laughs> this <done> long. <laughs> um, get off your ass. Start pushing the ball by doing something. Once the ball starts moving, you create momentum. Things get easier. And I guess that's why people come to you and I because they're kind of ready to take that plunge. Yeah. And you kind of sometimes need someone to just get that ball rolling. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know about you, but it, Sometimes I find too that clients they take that plunge, but then they take a big step back again. It's yeah, like there's I was that just fear. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. Like plunge itself was that little push, and then because they've they're in like an uncomfortable position now because they haven't done this before, they get scared and come back. Yeah, yeah. Does that happen to you much with clients? And how do you deal with that? When they yeah, so people that I see in that situation is the ones that inquire, and then like you give them the spiel, and then you don't hear from them again. Yeah. Or, the ones that inquire and really half-ass it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just interested, I guess, from your perspective too, because I find with healing work, 
And similarly with what you're doing, people want to do the work, but then once they take that plunge, they're like, oh, can I really do it? I know what, like, subconsciously know what's involved in actually getting from A to B. And although you can help them and you're their guide, it's Mm -hmm. really them doing the work. Yeah, so there's something called, um, that I learned from one of the courses I'm doing, Precision precision Nutrition. Are they able? I'm going to get this order wrong, but it's ready, (laughs) willing, oh, that's it, ready, willing, and able. Ready, willing, and able. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are uh, Are they ready? to start are they willing to start are they able to so if they're ready that's usually the that first step they take where they've asked for uh like information about your services and that yeah are they are they willing which means are they ready to are they willing to make changes in their life yeah get out of the comfort zone and make the changes that you provide that to help them with whatever goal they're trying to achieve are they able which means like you know you You've got parents with kids, yeah. especially with the pandemic. Um, what's it called? That schooling. Home schooling. What's that? You always said I have kids, Tristan. Yeah. No. Remote learning. Remote right. learning. Yeah. Let's say you've got a person who's got kids who has to do remote learning. They're, now there's less time for them to yeah. work on themselves. So yeah. it's really, are you physically able to start giving yourself some more time, making time for yourself to start this health journey? Because the thing is, you can always make time, and it can yeah. be very—I mean, it's very easy for us to stay here, yeah, humans with no kids. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know, with the clients I work with, and probably yourself, they can actually make the time. It's about restructuring yeah. and changing habits and yeah. removing things from your life that you don't really need to Absolutely. have. Absolutely, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, that's the able part, and I think there's a will, there's a way. That's another place I've, I've put up where there's a will, there's a way. That's why I've—I've um, got a tattoo about that. Oh. Um, if that's I never accept time being time poor as an excuse or lack of time or I forgot or yeah. you know I ran out of time I, I don't accept that from clients yeah I basically well it comes down to like their lack of planning really yeah you know true. Yeah. If you if you want something you will make time for it if that's, you don't want it you won't make time for it that's very true it depends how much you want it and how ready you are for it yeah exactly yeah. so if there's a will there's a way. There's a way. There you got you go. the will to make it work, you will make a way to make it work. I hope everybody heard that. That's yeah. good advice. <laughs> <laughs> love to touch on habits of you and how people are, and yourself if you want to, because I'll be honest, I've yeah. got some habits I find really hard to break and I work yeah. a lot with clients with breaking habits yeah. and helping, you know, make um, positive changes. And I guess personally I feel like I understand how hard it can be to break habits because if you carry them for such a long period of your life, You've got layers to undo, you know. Absolutely, it's yeah. doable, yeah. but you've got to be patient with yourself. Yeah. Does that come up much for you? Oh yeah. So habits is basically like the thing I work on with with people. Uh, before I start with this habit talk, there's a book called Atomic Habits. Okay. By fuck, I forgot. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just say Atomic Habits. You've got the title. I've got the title. Atomic Habits. I think every person in the world should be reading this. Right. It's not just a book for certain people. It's a book for everyone because everyone's always got some bad habits that they want to you know, either get rid of or change. Totally. Everyone wants to create yeah. new habits. Yeah. 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 This book will help you understand James Clear. That's the name. Oh, okay. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Beautiful. <laughs> um, this book will help you understand habit forming and habit, habit breaking. I might have to read that myself. Yeah. I recommend it to everyone. I, everything I speak about with my clients in regards to habit usually comes from this book. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good tip. So, yeah, habit 
it's an ongoing thing. It's Give actually pretty more. deep though, isn't it? When you Very, think about yeah. habits, because if you carry them for a long time, it's not as if you're like, oh, there's a habit. It's going yeah. to be gone tomorrow. Like you've got to really address the underlying stuff and that which can take is, work. Which is mindset stuff. So uh, like there's emotions behind habits. There's a reason why you do them. Um, there's always a reason why you started them. And then yeah. you have an emotional attachment to it too. 100%. And then there's being comfortable because even if it's a bad habit, it's comfortable. It's what you know. So true. The comfort comfort stuff is a big one. And I feel like um, the getting to the root of the emotion is so important and it can be not a very nice place to, that you want to explore sometimes. Like it, it yeah. can bring up stuff and you're like, oh, I don't want to go there. I'd rather, like you mm. said, just stay comfortable. Yeah. But it's the only way to really break a habit, isn't it, to really get to I, the I, I'm the type of person who faces things head on. For example, I'm fucking shit scared of heights, but I've been skydiving. Yeah. You know, like I, I just think because skydiving, everyone should do it once in their lifetime. Yeah. And I haven't always been like this, someone who wants to face their except sharks. I'm, I, I was considering going, like, what's that, cage diving with oh, sharks? Oh, yeah, that looks cool. I think that may be the only thing I wouldn't do in regards to facing my fears. You're getting pretty know. close to the shark now, aren't you? Yeah. yeah you know what scares me? If, like, that chain holding the cage breaks. breaks. And then there's movies about that where you go down, nah. <laughs> See, I'm getting, movie. like... My heart just fluttered just thinking about it. You're not ready for that, Justin. No, not yet. Yeah. What are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, facing fears. Yeah, well, it depends. So some people, you want to help them face it head on. I think a majority is being a little bit more conservative with your methods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest thing to do to help break the fears and which relates to habits and stuff is finding the cause of it. Yeah, yeah. And that can get really deep sometimes. And like I said, it's emotional, could have been from trauma. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth uh, mm. conversation in regards to mm. finding out the like the cause of certain habits. Action-wise, look, what you can do, it starts with small actions. This is from the book, Atomic Habits. The smaller the action, the easier it is and less uncomfortable it is for the client to follow. Yeah. Which means there's less friction there's less resistance towards it. So if they can do it one day, they can do it another day because it, it's not that hard to do. And if they've got a consistent run of doing this little thing for a week or two, then you can make it a little bit more harder or make it a little more complicated Yeah. Uh, and just build up on that. That's yeah? so true because if you're going too hard too fast, it can actually you don't want to do it. almost re-traumatise mm-hmm. people or send them into like... Yeah. When it comes to PTs... This is where, uh, like the old school PT, where this is what you do, this is how you do it, follow it. Yeah. And then if someone can't follow it, it's not that they don't have the willpower or discipline, it's because it's it's just not right for them. Yeah. The method is not right for them. Yeah, and there's so many different ways to get to where you want to be, I guess, and it can be ter- confronting for people, particularly, you know, a lot of people are running around with a lot of trauma and some people mm. don't even realise they have it. They kind of, you know, staying in your comfort zone can make you feel like safe and secure mm. and then stepping out and meeting someone like you or, you know, a coach that's pushing out of that comfort zone, you've got to take those little baby steps sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, small steps is always the way. The only, yeah. only reason why I would take bigger steps is if that person is has a lot of willpower and discipline yeah. and is ready to take bigger steps. I'm one of those people who's all or nothing. Yeah. So yeah. if someone's told me to do a certain thing, I will do it. I'm all in. Yeah. 
If you tell me to do something small, um, still works with me, but I want to see big changes quickly. Yeah. And I'm willing to put in the work and put in the sacrifice and become uncomfortable to do it. That's really, really motivating for your clients to have a coach like that. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. About it that way. I think that's really great. But you're kind of showing them that, you know, that there is really no fear. And that's something I'd like to touch on too. Like fear is an interesting emotion, I think, because, mm. you know, I don't know if you've heard that saying, false evidence appearing real and yeah. fear isn't really real, it's you know. I Les Brown. Oh, did you? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Motivational speaker. Oh, whoops. False okay. evidence of appearing real. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how we live in this big illusion sometimes of fearing the unknown and fearing change. And mm. as much as we want it sometimes, there can be this big block as in, well, what happens when I cross that path and into the unknown territory? But having someone who's already there like yourself mm. in terms of training, it's like you're like, you know, a bit of a safety net in a way or, you know, mm. a, a guidance saying you can do it because I've done it. Yeah. And I think you're really good at that for one another. Leading by example. Yeah, leading yeah. by example. That's um, that whole topic there you've just spoken about. That's like a, so much to talk about with that in regards to like our human needs. Yeah. Did you know we have two natural fears, fear of falling yeah. and the fear of loud noises. I did see that. Yeah. That's really interesting. I did have a conversation with someone in regards to fear of, fear of falling. Yeah. And we were talking like, if you're a baby, you don't know that depth of, yeah, that depth perception. Yep. Like how do you know like falling that far is going to hurt as you're, when you're a child, yeah? No, so not. I think maybe it may just be the fear of loud noises to begin with because even as a child, yeah. if you hear something loud, you'd, you'd get scared, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think the fear of falling may be something we develop quite early on because yeah. as a child, you know, you're running around, you fall down yeah. and it hurts. Yeah. So the higher you fall down from, the more it hurts. Yeah. So you've got these two fears. Anything else outside of these two fears, you created on your own. So true. And a lot of it comes down to our conditioning, doesn't it? Is it really, I don't know if you know, but between zero and seven years old, we're like sponges. We just like whatever we hear or see. or seven. Seven. I hope, I hope it's not like 70 because I'm stuffed. <laughs> Shit, I'm still going to be, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it makes me really think about that. From zero to seven, we are absolute sponges. So if you're around people like, be careful that and don't do that. And, yeah. be, you know, if we've got around fearful people so or, you know, comes in. Yeah. that's where the trauma starts. How you're, and how you're raised as a child. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, but like, think about it. When you're young, you don't really know much. You you learn from what you experience. Yeah. yeah. So whatever happens to you, you're gonna, and especially if you have a very strong attachment to it. Yeah. As we're older, it's harder for to teach someone who's in like who's an adult. Yeah. To retrain in a way, like re. Yeah. So if we're talking about clients for breaking habits and stuff. Yeah. Because they've had this experience of certain things, and they may be developed trauma. Like let's yeah. say towards nutrition, having bad relationship with yeah. food, excuse me, having a bad relationship with food, having a bad experience with a PT. Yeah. Now that you've got all these experiences, whatever you put in front of them, put a coach in front of them to tell them you should start training three days a week. Yeah. They're going to start bringing in all of these experiences and emotions that they've gotten earlier in their life. You've got all these experiences and you project it onto whatever the coach is telling you to do, train three days a week and then yeah. you have all these bad like thoughts of, you just have emotions you don't actually yeah. remember certain details you just have these emotions that's what trauma can do to you it can send you into this emotional frenzy and you don't yeah. even realize what you're doing and what's happening yeah um yeah i'm guessing with you what you do too it's a lot of unpacking that with people yeah as the journey goes on with our coaching that yeah. definitely yeah starting to look at what what why things are blocking them and then you having to 
be that support and guide to help them or hold space for them as they unpack their mm. That's actually pretty deep stuff. Well, that's why as a coach, if someone, you know, goes off track or let's say I've asked them to do something and they don't do it. Yeah. I ask them why they couldn't do it. Yeah. So they're going to find a reason. I love why. And then we're going to look at why that why yeah. and talk about it. So, for example, someone's just, you know, drinking like a less than a litre of water a day. I'm like, let's bring it up. And then I'll... I'll you know, I'll speak to them like a week later and they're like, they've only been drinking less than a litre. And I'm like, okay, so I asked you to drink two litres, three litres, but you haven't. What stopped you from doing that? Mm. And then they're going to give me an answer and then we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And then, we, and then we're going to find solutions so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. This is the whole coaching process. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is with everything. Anything that they can't do, let's talk about it. Even during that chat, we find the cause. Yeah. We find the problems. Now let's find a solution. That's pretty much my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, asking why can get really interesting for people though, can't it? Because a lot of people don't, are too scared to ask why because I guess subconsciously they know that it means that they're going to uncover something. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. once you ask why, you're like, okay, there's I never something. thought about that, but yeah. 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 I reckon why. you'd be, you'd be. I'm a why person. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I get it. I guess, you know, you know, maybe coming in with a therapist meant I had to heal myself from lots of things, which mm. I've told you a little bit about with all yeah. my disease and whatever and eating disorders when I was young. Mm. So my relationship with, with food was pretty terrible for a long time. Yeah. And so I get that when you have to uncover what's actually happening underneath, what's, why it is that you're too fearful to look at that in order to move forward yeah. and you have to be kind to yourself and kind to others because mm. everyone's on their own journey and, and it's it's I guess you know as an empathic person like yourself I think that's why people relate to you well because they I, I think I feel with you they unconsciously feel they can connect with you because you have that energy about you that mm. you can people can actually open up to you and I think yeah. as a coach that's a really special thing yeah I, one of my clients did tell me who words like I've, I've got a kindness to it how I do things yeah. and I was like yeah, that's how I like to do it. <laughs> well, it's true. Being, being, having people comfortable to telling you things needs, is important to have yeah. as a coach. Otherwise, if they're scared of you, you're being like, can't, can I say that? You do. You're being, <laughs> you you're being like an asshole. Um, but that's, and it's really quite humbling for you though too, isn't it? That people actually open up to you on that level yeah, because they obviously yeah, feel safe to tell you that things myself. that, well, not, you know, <laughs> what's that, sorry? I feel good about myself. Good, well, so you should. You're doing a good job. Pay yourself on the back. It is interesting. People are interesting, aren't they, too? Like what they spend their time doing mm. and... Less technology. Love it. All right. This is a big, big one, especially yeah. at the moment because I've just finished a book called Digital Digital Minimalism. Any good? I loved it. I think it spoke to me. It, I, it, I feel like the universe put that book in my lap yeah. at the right time. Yeah. He's also got another book prior to that. It's, it's called Deep Work. Same guy, Cal mm. Newport. Yeah. Deep work is more about business. Yeah. Digital minimalism is the same topic, but for your personal life. So it's it doesn't talk about how bad technology is. Yeah. It does mention the effects, the negative effects of technology. It's more about using our technology to our advantage. And I think a lot of people have been using it in a way that is actually creating a disadvantage, not just for their life productivity, but also for their mind. And I speak from experience with this, my new realization, my recent realization about myself. 
about how distracted I am in general, not just during work, but as I'm just like washing the dishes or doing or cooking, my mind is, it's not on the task at hand. It's everything else that I can think of in my mind. It's interesting how we do that. Isn't <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And I, I, I believe technology has a massive role, played a massive role in the way um, I have my thought processes and like my thought patterns are and just the way I think in general and how I overthink. Yeah. Just even like while I'm driving, I can't even just stay focused. Not that I'm, you know, I, it, driving is automatic, but I yeah. think that's even the worst time when things are automatic, your mind can just play around and do whatever it wants. Yeah, you're not even really present in the car. That's yeah. kind of scary. <laughs> I've done that, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, I really agree with you. Part of me feels personally that technology is so amazing in lots of ways, but life has sped up so much. We can do mm. so much so quickly. Like, oh, you know, now we're kind of doing what we might have done in a day years ago in like an hour. Yeah. We're able just to move through things so quickly, but I feel like our nervous system can be affected by that. Like we're, oh, yeah. we're just like you said, like I, I, I catch myself. I go, love go, go. that word. That's that's what it is. Though. It's like yeah. you're wired, and then yeah. it's horrible when you're doing the dishes or something, and you're not even present with what you're doing. Yeah. And I really catch myself having to actually go just wash the plate, Holly. Wash yeah. the plate. You don't have yeah. to be thinking about what you're going to do in an hour. But it's yeah. and I wonder, you know, and I feel like where has that come from? Where is that habit? Well, that... my favorite topic at the moment, where it's coming from. Well, let's break it down. Let's do it. So I think with the te- with technology, we've we've been spoiled. We get things very quickly. I agree. Which means less patience. Yeah. Because we're always on our phone. We're losing the ability to connect face-to-face with people. So we're losing some social skills. We're losing the ability to read non-verbal cues. Yeah. Like the nuances while people are talking. We've lost a lot of very little things that aren't noticeable until you you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. For example, uh, like even common courtesy or... Just before I came here, I was in a coffee shop down the corner mm. and I made it, I made an effort to keep my phone in my pocket while I waited for my coffee mm. and for my food to be heated up. So it was a little longer than just waiting for a coffee. And there was one guy in there and he was on his phone the whole time, the whole time he was on his phone. And then his, the, the barista called up his name and he, I'm pretty sure he didn't even look at him. He just grabbed his coffee he may have murmured like thank you because he had a mask on. I'm not sure. I didn't hear a thank you. Yeah. Not that he's, you know, he hasn't got courtesy. He's impolite, whatever. Mm. He's just on his fucking phone. Yeah. And he's caught up Distracted. in his phone and he's not even in the real world, you yeah. know. So yeah. with me, like simple things like that, like I got, they called up my coffee. I said, thank you. I made sure he heard it. And then I told him, have a good day. You know, just human connection. 100%. Right? Yeah. Little things like that we're starting to lose because of, Fucking smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean to be against smartphones. It's it's good. It's made life a lot more convenient. You know, social media has created little businesses to flourish because yeah. of marketing through social media. You don't need to buy advertisement and stuff. But it's getting to a point where it's it's controlling us. We're not controlling it anymore. It's not a tool anymore. Yeah. It's it's us. We are part of technology now. Hundred yeah. percent. It's actually almost become another thing to distract ourselves from ourselves. You know, we don't take yes. that time just to connect with people, yeah. like you did at the coffee shop, and even like you know when you go to the supermarket. I often think that with the check at like the self serve oh, checkout. Yeah, yeah, and I look at you know the, the the registers that are open, and people often don't even line up. Interesting that we're kind of kind of moving just towards all this stuff that disconnects us from others and ourselves. Yeah. It's funny you, you mentioned that because I'm a self-checkout person. And I'll, now after you've, like, I haven't even thought about this yet. 
you you just brought up a good point. The self-checkout itself has taken away that human connection, yeah. interaction. And I sometimes shop at Aldi. So I, I, I have, there's no, there's no self-checkout. Yes. And, you know, you've got to go through that. And I guess as I started the self-checkout thing back, I still remember actually 2015 because I remember going to Coles a lot and I just started using self-checkout and yeah. I never use the checkout lady, yeah. man, whatever, since then, unless I'm at Aldi. And I guess that's a perfect example that we didn't even realize. I didn't even realize. Mm. I still use it because thinking about it now, I don't want to talk to that person. And that sounds bad, right? Yeah. I am now, if I go to Coles yeah. and Woolworths, I promise you now, people will hear it because they're listening to this. I'm going to go through, I'm not going to go through self-checkout unless I'm in a rush. Good on you. Aldi, you have no choice. Aldi though, I have to say with Aldi, they still rush you a bit too much. I feel like it's like this rush to pack my bags yeah. at the end of the line. I'm like, what's the a, rush? Yeah. And that's another thing I like to touch on. Sometimes I think, why are we in such a rush? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's exactly you it. You know, I know there's days where we do have appointments and clients whenever and we have to run by a schedule. Yeah. But there's other days I'm like, what the fuck is the rush? Yeah. There's, um, <laughs> what's his name? Carl Pilkington. There's this, com- he, he's, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know Ricky Gervais from The Office. Yeah. Uh, he had a little team of, what's that, what's that show? An Idiot Abroad. Okay. Have you heard? No, so, no okay. That's a show about this guy named Carl Pilkington going to different places, but he doesn't want to go. It's Ricky Gervais and another, I forgot his name, uh, Richard Mer- Merchant. They're the directors or the writers and they force him to go and he mm. fucking hates it. But that's that's the whole show. He hates it and he's getting put into these hotels and countries that he doesn't want to be in. Carl Pilkington, he he has he gets his own show later on, another traveling show, and he goes to this rich place in Africa <clears throat> and the guy showing off his sports car, he speeds off, skids, speeds off. And the reason why I love Carl is because he's got a simple mind. He goes, why do you need to speed off and make so much sound and like, you know, burn out and go so fast just to take off because why don't you just leave a little earlier totally (laughs) right yeah leave a little earlier you don't need to be in a rush yeah i think because of technology and everything that we go through we have we get things so fast we want more and we want to get to it's we've become this human being like we've become wired to want things straight away so So we're always in a rush we're always wired i've got to do this now i've got to do that yeah i totally hear you though when you said more like we're 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 seeking more and we're in a rush and to me that's a trauma it's like what are we rushing for and why do we want more like what is it that's actually making us think that we need to go that way when maybe we need to go back yeah well let's think let's break it down like what do you need to be in a rush are you going to be late for something yeah yeah you know, like what happens, you're late sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. So if you're like five minutes late, sometimes it's like meant to be, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, but, you <laughs> as long as there's courtesy, like exactly, like you don't want to make that excuse all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like when I messaged yeah. you, I was coming late. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm big with punctuality, not yeah. to say I'm always punctual, but for me, courtesy, punctuality, yeah. they go hand in hand. If I you're going to be late, you. it's fine. As long as you just let them know. Yeah, you know, you hear the stories of people 10 minutes late, but they missed a massive car accident and could yeah. be dead. And, yeah. you know, like I think, like you're right, there's that balance of courtesy, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But, um, um, rushing and yeah. like, wanting more. What's usually, that? usually rushing is, you know, what what's the rush? Are you going to be late? And if you are late, what's the consequences for it? 100%. Usually not life-threatening, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. relax. I remember years ago when I was, I went on a Tinder date. <laughs> <laughs> I went on fun. a Tinder date. And I, I have always been 
someone who was wired, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah, yeah? I have been there. Yeah. You're, you're sort of go, go, go. You walk really fast. Yeah. You know where you're going to go and you're on a mission. doesn't yeah. matter if it's, just it's urgent or not. Or yeah. yeah, it's just to Coles. You're on a mission. Yeah. So I was that kind of person, but I didn't know. I went on this Tinder date, and the first <laughs> thing she says to me was like, like, you're so wired. Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time, and it made me stop and think, whoa, hold on. I am. Yeah. And I had since that, and thanks, I forgot her name, thanks to her, this is a long time ago, we only had one day, obviously didn't work out, thanks to her, my life took a different turn from there, wow. I was a little bit more relaxed, Yeah. all because of that girl. You always learn something from people, don't you? Like, you yeah. never know what you're going to pick up. There's a reason for everything, yeah. When you reflect on that, though, when you look back on how you were then and how you are now, what do you think has shifted? Oh, I'm definitely more calm. I, I think about, like... What, like if I'm walking fast, which I don't anymore, I, I take in the scenery. Uh, back then, when I was in that transition phase, I'm like, well, why do I need to walk fast? Do I need to get to calls this fast? Yeah. Like if I'm not at calls at this time, what's going to happen? Yeah. Nothing. So slow the fuck down. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah. That's what was going in my mind when I would be walking around. Yeah. When I was through that transition phase. I think a lot of people go through that. And I think it maybe goes back to what you said about being in a society where we kind of almost conditioned to be busy and want more and work so hard and mm. you know there's lots of reasons it's technology it's, te- it's technology it's marketing it's uh, it's all about money and power there's a there's a saying that i love and i'm going to get tattooed soon when the power of love overcomes the love of power the world will know peace, peace. Like yeah that. that's a great one it, it is this whole world is run by money and power yeah if we don't wake up to that it can actually be really damaging to our health actually mm. You know, you're in that survival mentality and you're always rushing and you're unpresent and you're busy and you're conditioned yeah, like to think why, that's though? normal. Like think about why. Why are, you, why are you doing the things you're doing? Even from the smallest things like walking fast. Exactly. Just relax, smell the yeah. flowers. Why can't, why <laughs> can't we do that? And how beautiful is it when you can actually do that? Yeah. Sometimes I just find myself staring at a flower. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Let me move on now. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole being present thing with meditation, yeah. you know. And we both we are big into meditation, about. aren't we? Yeah. Um, I know you are. Yeah. I think meditation is a game changer. And I think if the people in power meditated more, there'd be, there'd be a lot more world peace. <laughs> <I agree laughs> you know? Meditation is, um, yeah. some people hear the word meditation and it's like, oh, you know, imagine a monk like meditating in the mountains or something, you know. Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. When it comes to meditation, I started with headspace. And it took me a good, uh, let's say, 30 days a month for me to understand or get an understanding of what meditation is. I love Headspace. I think uh, any beginners who want to start meditating, download the Headspace app. Um, the creator is Andy, Andy Putacom. I heard one of his podcasts. He was a guest on the podcast, and I just love the way he – his outlook on life is yeah. just beautiful. He's cool. I like him. Yeah, he's yeah. great. And he actually spent time with the monks and all that, so he's, oh. like, legit. I like it especially because of the – it's not just the meditation. It's the it's the cartoons that explains meditations. That's part of Headspace that helps you understand it. So I, I started meditating in 2016 when I was really deep into personal development. And um, first day, it was like, hmm, okay, this is – Cool. You sit down, he'll tell you like to breathe and he'll, um, you know, some visualizations, you know, like, cool. The next day I'm expecting something new, something more. He did the exact same thing and I'm like, hold on. Okay, cool. Third day, fourth day, it's exactly the same. For 30 days, he did the exact same thing and I did it for 10 minutes, except the, the explanations in between the sessions were different and he gave me a little bit more understanding. 
But I was like, it took me a good 30 days to figure out what I'm doing with meditation. Yeah. And it's becoming still and in the present. Yeah. It's nothing magic. It's yeah. nothing like voodoo. Yeah. It's just being able to not control or stop your thoughts. It's being able to be calm and comfortable with them and let them go. Yeah. That's all meditation is. <laughs> and what I think we touched on this before. <clears throat> before the podcast talking about how it brings things to your awareness more you start yeah. to notice and if you because maybe, you're not thinking of all the bullshit in your head yeah you start to kind of look at go oh my god why am i even thinking about that you kind of also yeah. start to look at your thoughts and go that's kind of just a waste of space like why am i even yeah. thinking about that you know yeah it's it's a really exactly. interesting way to build on what's happening internally yeah yeah and this is where like when it comes to my clients I have a uh, I have a check-in document that they fill in, and I added a new tab uh, a few months ago, a mindset tab, which they fill in every week, and I I go through it with them. Uh, it basically, you know, like little few things from it is morning thoughts when you wake up. I like that. Evening thoughts. Yeah. Uh, recurring thoughts through the day. Yeah. What are your wins for the week? What are your challenges, breakthroughs? That's really really great. They fill that in, and there's no I tell them there's no rules. You you write whatever you want. Yeah, but this gives I tell them it gives me a good idea of what your mindset is like. I I'll read I'll read it before I speak to them, and yeah. then um, if there's anything I need to speak about, or you know, if I want to, if they they breakthrough, if I want to celebrate their breakthrough with them, I'll bring it up, and you know, yeah, we'll celebrate it. If there's like negative thoughts, yeah. or there's recurring thoughts that keep coming up, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So like this is probably the hardest part of being yeah. of my job. Is that yeah. it could, because like I, I think in my empathy has developed as I got older, as I became more aware and um, you know improve, increased my emotional intelligence. Yeah. But because I I really get in, I get passionate about like what I do. So when they talk about you know what their mindset is like, and then I'm trying to guide them in the right direction to mm. make it a little bit more healthier. It really that's the stuff that drains me a lot. And we did talk a bit about that before too, didn't we? About being an empath and picking up on other people's emotions and energy and mm. how how it can be a little bit overwhelming when you do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? I've never thought to be someone who, you know, there's people who go, oh, you know, if I go out, and like if I have a lot of social events throughout the week, I need to spend time by myself or at home to recharge. Yeah. I've yeah. never thought to be someone like that. Yeah. I don't think I am, to be honest. Yeah. We had this conversation earlier. Like, I'm an introvert at heart. I know that. I have a massive fear of missing out. Interesting. So, like, when I was telling you earlier, now that lockdown's finished and I was walking down the road to get a coffee, I heard there's, like, a bar or a restaurant across the road from yours, and I can hear the music, I can hear people inside, and I started getting anxious. I started getting anxiety. I'm like, hold on, why am I feeling this? I'm not going out. Uh, I used to get anxious when I go clubbing and stuff. Yeah, I'm not going too. out. Why do I even feel this? Look, where's this coming from? And still, until now, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is what we were talking about. I know fear of missing out is one of them, but I don't really want to go out. Or do I? I'm not sure. Is it? Um, I'm not sure if it, this relates to you, but for me, I used to have that fear. We're all different, so this is my story, not yeah. yours. But um, I used to have that, but I realised for me it was a bit of an old pattern for me because I used to go out a lot. I was a party yeah. head yeah. and I used to drink a lot. That was my way of numbing my anxiety because um, I used to pick up – I'm a clairsentient empath, so I pick up on people's energy quite deeply. Mm, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I, I feel stuff. <laughs> okay. I just feel everything. 
yeah. and I, I can relate to your friend who needs to recharge and yeah. I'm comfortable with that now. I'm good with it. But years ago I wasn't. I was like, what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? Why do I need to like take time out? Why do I need mm. to be in nature? Why do I kind of be around heavy energy? But it's because when you feel it, you feel it. That's And then we're all different. And this is like I think the bottom line, like we're different. And with the anxiety, it's I think like you mentioned too, it's addressing what is making you feel anxious and it's not always that simple because we are all different and we're not really educated to actually see life that way because we all do have different feelings and abilities and intuitive nudges I guess and it's like figuring out what's underneath it but I think we're saying too like a lot of people actually feeling that right now yeah especially with what's happening yeah it's like last you know people are out and about and people's energies are probably a little bit all over the place considering the last two years we've had um, and if you're not aware of it, then mm. some people are not aware of how they're feeling and what they're projecting. Yeah. You know, you are, but some people don't know the energy they're giving yeah. out, you know. Shift they're not self-aware of their own emotions and, mm. and trauma and stuff. That's a big one at the moment. Like people yeah. can't, but, you know, with all the all the suicides and the people who are depressed because of COVID, I'll be honest, at the start I was like a bit confused because I'm very comfortable with my own company. And I yeah. think right now that's become a really important skill to have. I agree. Yeah. And I was a bit confused at the start thinking, why are all these people like so sad about being locked down? Like we were speaking yeah. before, yeah. Th- I thrived in lockdown just because I have the fear of missing out. People are going out, but people can't go out because we're locked down. So I don't have that. Yeah. At the same time, I get to spend more time with myself and my studies and, and, and self-development. So I was happy to be inside because I've got so much to do. Yeah. And then I don't have fear of missing out because you're not allowed to go. <laughs> yeah. So I thrived in lockdown. So I guess that's why I was confused at the start. I had to remember that not everyone is like me. Mm. So why people were saying like depressed, like it's a time to do the things that you haven't been able to do. It's a time to slow down. It's a time to spend more time with your family, go for more walks. But I guess people have trouble, you know, being inside and all the extroverts and people who need company and the the company of other humans to be around them. I don't know. I think it's a, a skill that everyone needs to have to be able to sit on their own for a long period of time and be comfortable with themselves and their, their own thoughts and be busy with what you what you want to like what you're passionate about not with other people just what you're passionate about this is where the creative side of people comes out couldn't agree with you more because i think if you don't spend that time to get to know yourself you're constantly well not everybody but if you look you seek for that externally you're not going to find it and i think you know like finding happiness in other people yeah and i think i think you know it's good with you because you you have you know your passions and you Someone said to me the other day, loneliness is wholeness. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Like, I guess basically saying that through your loneliness, you find your wholeness and then yeah. you're not lonely. <laughs> it's like, because you know yourself. I think I guess that goes back to like being comfortable with yourself. You're your yeah. own company. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I believe that we need other people. We're a social creature. We, yeah. we need other people to thrive and survive. Mm. But you should be able to, you know, small parts of the day or the week, you should be able to be comfortable with yourself. Yeah. I think. I like, love it. I really I'm like, oh, it's me time. Yeah, I know. Yay. I guess COVID has challenged most people because of how long we've been locked down. Yeah. But now you're thinking about perception of, you know, what's happening. Like I said, I thrive in lockdown because I've got two, I'm, I've got like two courses. I've got all these videos I need to watch yeah. on, my, on my email. I've got, 
you know, I can, I'm still fortunate enough to do my online work with clients, but I've got so much I can do. I've got a dog that's basically my son who I look after yeah. and I've got, I can go for walks, which I don't normally do. Yeah. Um, training, nutrition, I've got more time to focus on that. Yeah, and just by looking at you and talking to you, you're so excited about it. Yeah, like you're, you're like passionate, you yeah know? I've got so much I can do, which leaves little time for my brain to think about, oh, I don't get to go out, oh, I don't get to see people. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people break the rules of going past beyond 5 or 10K. You can oh, still yeah. see people. Yeah. It's their perception of not being able to go out, mm. their perception of, you know, losing social time going to the park going to going clubbing to the bars the restaurants like you can still have that time with people it's just not in that environment yeah but it's their perception of losing something this is all new to me i'm sort of just figuring this out as i talk no it's the perception of lockdown like my perception is all growth yeah others is loss Yes, it's it's it, like you said. It probably comes back a lot to mindset, doesn't it? How you're perceiving yep. your reality, and if you're not perceiving it in a positive way, then what can you do to change that? Yeah, I have a client who is having a hard time in lockdown, and this is something I work with her being locked down. Yeah. Even though she was still seeing, you know, her family and friends, yeah. I'm trying to figure out, okay, where's this coming from? Why are you still so like down? But um, like she was hit with a lot of different stresses all at once as well, so that didn't help. Yeah. But, you know, there's just some people who thrive with other people's company. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay as long as you don't look for happiness that's in so other true. people. Yeah. And I think, I don't know about what you think, but I think that when you sit with yourself, your traumas do come up because you can't, there's no distractions. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. Netflix and there's alcohol or whatever, but, yeah, I, there's this quote that I read somewhere where he's saying it's you're depressed because you're not in alignment with who you are. And I found that really interesting because mm. that really breaks my heart if people are depressed because they've actually realised that maybe they're not really that happy in their life anyway. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you're lucky and I'm lucky, I guess, we know our passions and it's good to get up and want to do something. Yeah. But if you have a day job where you're kind of just doing it just for the money, the nine to five, and you yeah. haven't really asked yourself why you're actually doing it, yeah. then maybe there's there's lots of different reasons why people get depressed. Depression. Uh, it's a this, big one. This just came up recently because... A client of mine was told she had seasonal depression. She may have seasonal depression. And I remember like when I when I heard this, I was uh, I didn't think too much of it at the, at the start. And then as the week went on, I started thinking, it's unfair to be told you're, you've got seasonal depression. Like who, who, who gave you the fucking right to tell this person they've got seasonal depression, right? The medical system, yeah? Let's break this down. This Look, I'm no medical expert, but this is me as a coach who, you know, who listens to a lot of mindset stuff, who reads about trauma. This is me trying to break down this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got depression. So what's depression? You you, Negative thoughts. Yeah. You're unhappy, all that stuff. If we think chemically, you're thinking of neurotransmitters like dopamine, the reward. You're thinking of, you like, uh, like oxytocin, um, that love you have with other people, yeah. uh, serotonin, all the, the love, all the good yeah. good hormones, yeah? So if you think about, like, in the biochemistry uh, view of depression, are they lacking these neurotransmitters, mm. you know, these hormones? So that's one way you can look at it. Yeah. That is when you probably need the medication and stuff, where you may need an intervention of these, you know, to help you become more happier, mm. I guess, which I don't think work in the long run. Um, 
But then you can also think about it in a way where someone is just not unha- is just unhappy, like you said, isn't happy in their job, isn't ha- happy with their partner, isn't happy where they're in- they live, so their environment. Yeah. So you can look at it that way. But when when a professional says you've got depression, that's a label they've just put on you. The, the word depression is negative, right? Yeah. There's a ne- negative stigma to it. You've got depression. Now you've been labeled as someone with depression, someone who may be broken. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Now this person who's going through a lot of shit has just been told by a specialist, you are broken. I completely agree with you. And I think that we're not delving deep enough in Western medicine in general. I yeah. won't go any further, but it'd be nice if they asked the question why and, you know, you're seeking – I mean, you have to want to actually help yourself, though. Mm. You have to want to be in a place where you're like, what's wrong with me? Um, but the blanket label depression really pisses me off, yeah. to be honest. I think there's so many – Underlying sure, there's different like types of it. I don't yeah. like I said I'm no psychologist, yeah. but I know there's different types of. It. But just telling someone they're depressed, with, yeah. and then giving them medication like you're you're yeah. you're fucked. Here, take this. Fix there should yourself. be some middle things happening here before yeah. we go from you're depressed, take a tablet. Yeah, and I work a lot yeah. with depression, and from my experience, it's trauma, it's, isn't it? A lot of it's trauma, it's and trauma. it's emotional healing. There's, yeah. there's trauma. There's emotions and mindset. But trauma is the base of everything. But the, yeah. I mean, the, as you would know, when you're studying trauma, I don't think in general we understand, you know, working nine to five, 50, 60 hours a week is pretty much a trauma. That's, yeah. we're not meant to be working so hard. Like, that's, that's actually old trauma. School. That's old school, how the world developed old school. Like, yeah. back, the, back in the day when it was like the era of Survival mode. Work, work nine to five get a job, have a family. It's like the American dream, what they say. Yeah. yeah? It's yeah. not like that anymore. That's old school way of living, nine to five. Yeah. yeah. But quick turnaround with the trauma thing. If it's not a chemical imbalance, mm, yeah. then it's trauma. This is what I believe. I'm not saying it's correct. It's what I believe. It's not. A, if it's mm. not a chemical imbalance with the, with the hormones and, and all the feel-good mm. hormones, then there's mainly trauma involved. 100% yeah? agree with you. And it's not saying you're depressed take this to get better. It's let's deal with the cause of it, which yeah. is trauma, which is why, you know, you've got psychologists, therapists, Lots all that. That's where they're, yeah, that's where they play a part. But there's also shit ones of them too. I've heard some yeah. bad stories about You've got to find therapists. what resonates with you. Yeah. You have to also believe in yourself and believe you can get through it. You know, if you go to a doctor yeah, and they're like, exactly. you've got this, take a tablet, it takes your own awareness here to be like, okay, well, maybe I'm, I'm going to choose to delve deeper. It's my yeah. choice whether I take that. That's people who are I... less self-aware. Yeah. yeah. So then you've got the people who don't really think beyond and they just go, okay, I'll take this. And that's sad. And we're probably seeing that a lot in different aspects of society through COVID and whatever. I won't go too deep into that because that's whole. Mm. But um, everything's a choice. Everything comes back to your own yeah. choice, doesn't it? And I guess, like you said, having awareness is the start because then you realise that every action you take has a reaction and Mm -hmm. knowing that just because someone tells you that this is what you should be doing Mm. doesn't mean it's the right way for you either yeah and that's like a big conditioned thing oh i feel sick i'm gonna go to the doctor cool i'm not saying that's a bad thing we should also do always do that Mm. but in anything we do it's upon us to do the deeper research and know ourselves better yeah i think if people listening like if you want to learn something Trauma is the underlying cause of a lot of our behaviours. 100%. If you think there is something wrong with you, like mentally, mm. think trauma. What happened in your childhood? To be honest, I only go to the doctors to get a referral. Or actually, I found a good, uh, a recommended doctor that I like, the Melvin Go. 
he did my bloods and he helped me through like about like reading and what it meant. Mm-hmm. So he's good, but usually, you know, doctors are trained in pharmaceuticals. Yeah, it's a good doctor. You have a good if you want to be a like the good doctors are the ones that go beyond that. 100%. And they talk about um like beyond pharmaceuticals. Much but more that's holistic. yeah, holistic. Yeah. Um if you go to just a shitty GP, they're just gonna give you medicine because that's what they're trained in. Yeah. It's not like it's it's not they're not bad, they just don't know any better. Hundred percent, and it's yeah. not you have that choice. It's it's up to you to find your path and what what's right for you. Yeah, isn't it really? Trauma is a massive one. Every like if there's if you've yeah. got an issue and you're behaving in a way, it's usually trauma. And there's a book I read, The Laws of Human Nature, massive mm-hmm. book. But that's when I started to look more deeply into or being aware about trauma. Hundred yeah. percent. And he basically explains like. All the stuff that we do, just how we behave, our habits that are formed, it's usually from what we've experienced yeah. and trauma that we've gone through. And that's it starts with the parents. Mm. Yeah. And, like, we don't really know truly who we are unless we unpack our trauma. Yeah. You know, it's like exactly. we're kind of buried underneath all these habits yeah. and emotions and beliefs. And it can be a journey if we have just absorbed all this shit from our childhood and sometimes media and technology just doesn't help. Media, hundred percent. The information out there. Just remember, the world is run by power and money. Yeah, there are the good people out there, but there are also a lot of shitty people. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I found meditation really helped me start to see through illusions. If that makes sense, like illusions in what? Well, just in life, in people, like understanding energy of people and like people with good energy and people who are trying to – it helped me on my personal journey. It really helped me just weed out the shit in my yeah, life. You had a better, uh, better, you had a better filtering process. A hundred percent. I really noticed that. We haven't already talked about this, but fucking, yeah. I feel like we're not patient. This reminds me of the, the book Digital Minimalism. They were mm-hmm. talking about um, all this. Yeah. Like things are just coming to us so quickly we're running we don't have much patience anymore we want things now we want things yesterday yes. we we have easy access to anything and everything yeah. yeah and i related this to spotify so i know a lot of people have yeah. spotify yeah. yeah so think about this i want to ask your audience for when you have control of the music, do you skip through songs? Like, do you go, oh, I want to listen to this. You listen to about 10 seconds and you hear the part that you want to hear. Oh, next one. Oh, I really like this song at the moment. Oh, I want to listen yeah. to this. Where's the patience yeah. in that? Yeah. You're looking for dopamine hits. Oh, I want to listen to this. I love it. Oh, I want to listen to this. I want to listen to that. Where is the patience? I'm, I'm pretty old school. So because I used to play music, I have a little bit more like passion and understanding of like music, I'm not you know, yeah. trying to toot my own horn, but yeah. there is a bit more to it than just listening to music yeah. for me. Yeah. I like old music because they told it told a story. Yeah. The lyrics meant something. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is a passionate thing I'm talking about right now because I love music and I this I'm gonna say I hate some of the shit out now. I don't keep up with music anymore. Couldn't agree more. I I love my old music. I I, I listen to Gold FM. You know, I don't really listen to radio much but you if you see my favorites list a lot of it is old music yeah because it told a story and for you for you to listen to that whole story you need to listen to the whole song yeah you know for you to listen to that whole song and understand the story you need to listen to the lyrics yeah to listen to the lyrics you need to be present yeah and actually listening instead of oh i want to hear this part of the song oh you know they talk about 
like heartbreak or something in the chorus. I want to listen to just the chorus. Yeah. Like I'm talking mostly like rap and, and shit like that now. They just talk about like, you know, shooting people, bitches, money, guns, or being a sick cunt. Uh, you know, like that, mm. dumb shit like that. Like, yeah. of course no one wants to listen to your stuff because you're just talking about bullshit. Yeah. Just like a Tupac and Biggie and all that were so big because they talked about how they grew up. Yeah. There was a story, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just think about the, uh, like Bob Marley, why is he so big? Because he, he was in a revolution. Like yeah. he was standing up for something. Yeah. You listen to the song, you listen to the beat, you listen to the melody, it creates emotion. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I want to listen to this lyrics or these lyrics i want to listen to the chorus i want to listen to the intro change the song oh this is boring i want to listen to like we don't have this is this is me talking about spotify and music yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and relating it to how we are wired now because of technology we have no patience we just want the good stuff and disregard everything else I find that really interesting because it <laughs> makes me... I felt like I was in, in a, in a <laughs> You really got into that, yeah? But it's yeah. really true and, and I think it's a really important thing to talk about because it goes back to what you said about being more patient. But then I feel like it actually also on a healing journey, if we don't take that time to stop and be patient, we can't actually ever heal ourselves or take the time to know ourselves. Like we're just like quick, you know, yeah, you rush the results. song, rush through this. We just yeah. want, yeah, we want to get to the result. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Good. But life's not about that. It's, no, I mean, it's about the journey. It's about the journey. It's and the outcome. It's the, it's I know like that sounds wanky. It, no, it's true, true though. though. It's true. You no, know, it's not the top of the mountain. It's, a it's the whole bloody shitty climb to get there. <laughs> it's so, it's cheesy, a, but it's true. It is true. And it goes back to what you said before about being present and just being in the moment because Sometimes, like, I look at my old past, I was very similar to you, like, very wired and, you know, rushing through life. That's how I was. And when I look back on my journey, it was trauma. It was unpacking, like, a lot of the the stuff that I didn't want to look at. But when I look at that, I wasn't taught to slow down. I'm not blaming anyone because I had to become conscious of that. Well, media doesn't tell you to slow down. No. And, you know, (laughs) I could have been medicated. I I never was, thank goodness. But, um, you know, I think that knowing that, like you said, trauma can make us, I think a lot of our rushing comes back to a trauma, but because we've actually normalised this trauma almost, it's like it's normal to it's rush It's the way of the world now. It's the way of the world, yeah. but it's actually not it's the not, way we're supposed to be. It's not how we're wired to be. No, yeah. no. If you think in evolution terms, like it takes millions of years for something to adapt for our body, like for a, it's a really good book. It's one of my favourite books. How blank. It'll come to me while I'm talking. Yeah, all of a sudden. How we've evolved, mm. especially with technology, it was way too fast for us to adapt. It's sort of like how we uh, we discovered fire, yeah? So for a very long time, we weren't at the top of the food chain, you know, like strong animals were like lions, sharks, like physically strong. Yeah. We can't take on an animal like that. Yeah. We were just smarter than them. But when we discovered fire we suddenly skyrocketed to the top of the food chain. Now we can take on a lion because we have fire. They don't know what a fire is, but they know that it can hurt them. Suddenly we start creating guns and all that stuff, yeah? Now we're on the top of the food chain. Nature didn't have enough time to balance out the ecosystem. Mm. This is getting like real like evolution. Talk. So true. Though. It didn't have time to balance out the ecosystem yeah. for us to be on top of the food chain. Yeah. Yeah. So like for sharks, let's say, I don't know all this stuff in detail, but let's say for a shark to become the top of the food chain in the ocean, it mm. took millions of years for that to happen, that evolution. Like 
it's becoming the top of the food chain. All the other animals need to know where their place is. Mm. It needs to learn defenses against it. It needs to know that you can't take it on. Stuff like that needs to develop. Yeah. With us, we can kill an animal with a gun. We can kill a bear with a gun. A bear that's like 100 times or more, I don't even know, 100 times stronger than us, 1,000 mm. times stronger than us. We can kill it with what we have invented. Mm. And now, because there was no time for, the, for nature to put everything in balance, we, have, we are struggling to control this power. Mm. Now the world is run by money and power. Yeah. We, we're not humble enough to have this power because we haven't had the time to adapt to it. Yeah. In, in that, look, we kill ourselves. Humans kill humans. Yeah. You know, like you see lions and stuff killing lions for, um, for like territory and that, but which is something we that we do, but we're smarter than that. Why do we yeah. do it? We can sit down in front of one leader to another to create, to be at peace. Lions can't do that because they're not smart enough. Yeah. They're, they're just they're run by instincts. So they can't sit down and go, okay, I'll have this part of the land, you have this part. We can, so why don't we? Instead, no, this is mine. Fuck you. I'll shoot you if you don't give it to me. It's a very good question, you know? isn't it? This it's stuff like... is just coming out, out of my brain like right now. I don't normally talk about this. It's but perfect. It's from everything I've learned with the books You're and putting stuff. it all together. It's yeah. Like it's, and it's, it all yeah. makes sense. It's just... It... I know it's so cliche, but love, not fear. Like we've, we've forgotten that we're... We've forgotten about our oneness. It's like we're all kind of trying to like each to our own mm-hmm. and we're, it's almost like a, another trauma. It's like we're trying to protect yeah. ourselves. Like it's just yeah. about me, you know? It's all evolution stuff. And like, yeah. I, where we went wrong was... Um, Mm. was agriculture the the Mm. after agriculture because Mm. all right if we talk about physiology and how we are created we're how we're supposed to thrive when we're in tribes like cavemen era even beyond a a little bit past heaven we'll have tribes and we'd be you know gathering from whatever the land provided our resources is what was around us at the time so we ate a variety of foods that were around us we, we had to hunt for our meat, whatever was around us, yeah. yeah? And then when we've depleted the resources around us, we will move to another area or if we're trying to get away from certain weather, we will move to another, we will migrate. Now we've got new a new environment, new resources, yeah. and we've got a different environment of food and animals, mm-hmm. yeah? Okay, so now we've got crops and we learned how to plant wheat and all that. Yeah. So our own food. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've got our own food. We don't need to move anywhere else. But now our diet consists of just certain things that we planted. Yeah. But now that we've got this crop, we need to defend it against animals, insects, and the weather. Yeah. So now we're starting to be a little bit more anxious. Oh, is the weather going to be uh, okay for the crops? Mm-hmm. Um, I need to look after the crops from the insects that are going to kill it or eat it. So now we've, we're starting to create defenses. We're anxious. We, we need to anticipate what's going to happen. Yeah. And then we have to think about other humans, other tribes, that are going to steal from us. So now we're starting to create barriers around our crops. We create a house because we need to look after our crops. Now we are sedentary like lifestyle. If you view it from a caveman sense or yeah. tribe sense, you're not moving around anymore. Yeah. Now we are stuck in one spot, protecting our crops from other people and animals and the weather. Now we start to build towns. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've got so much food, we start to, we can feed ourselves throughout the winter and now we can populate even more back then you only populate because when the when the environment's right but now because we've got shelter we've got food we can populate even more this is when we started to overpopulate yeah this is where we went wrong 
when we started with, uh, at the, in the agriculture period. This is what I learned from that book that I'm still trying to remember the, yeah, the name of. Sounds like a good one. But we are not adapted to be closed in. We, but we at the same time we are not adapted to be interacting with thousands. This has just gone way off now. Interacting oh, with this. thousands of people, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Our yeah. tribe numbers, where it's the limit, apparently is about 150 people. I really like that. That <laughs> mate, that actually really resonates with yeah. me because I feel like. We, we can't assimilate to this. It's like no. we're trying, but it's actually not really it's, working. This is the way. It's not how we're meant to be living. The way we are wired, yeah. we can, this isn't a, a lifestyle that we are able to thrive in. Yeah. And right now we are just surviving to get through it, I think, I yeah, believe. I, I agree with you. We've and got I, depression. Anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. People are dying because they just have negative thoughts. Where did these negative thoughts come from? It's the environment. It's the way they've been brought up. Money. We need money to survive. We need to work. If you don't work, you're going to be poor. You don't have a wife or a husband. You don't have the American dream. Like You're right. Like the conditioning is a big part. If we don't fit into this mold of how we should be living right now, mm. how we're conditioned to believe is actually healthy, we kind of feel like there's something wrong with us. Yeah. But it's actually not really us. It's kind of it's, what we've it's, created. Yeah. We've created this world for ourselves. It's not – it's a massive it's a topic. One, actually. Yeah. At the end of the day – it's all in yeah. our minds. Like if we can be happy and understand that, mm. you know, we don't have to have a thousand friends. Yeah. We don't need to party all the time. We don't need drugs and alcohol to be happy. 100%. Yeah. You know, we have to be comfortable with our own, you know, with our own thoughts. Yeah. But also if our thoughts are running rampant, that's another <laughs> yeah, another issue. Yeah, hands on that. Yeah. yeah. And where did that come from? Could have been some, from society, from technology. Childhood, yeah. Childhood. I think the life that we've created is goes against our physiology. It's very unhealthy, actually, isn't yeah. it? It does go against our physiology. And I look back on the younger Holly, and I've ultimately all of those things. You know, had a thousand friends, mm. went out and party, took a bit of drugs, and didn't really look after myself. Was very mm. like externally focused. Yeah. And my whole journey is about coming back to my alignment. I don't drink at all anymore, but I do energy healing and I don't think, I mean, I, I'm just not an alcohol person anymore. Mm. And people who knew the old me be like, what the hell? But I yeah. stopped that like five years ago. And I feel so much better for it for me, you yeah. know, and finding my alignment. But the thousand friends, I've probably got five really great friends that are like yeah. family and I don't really need a lot more. Yeah. And people come and go in your life. You know, people come yeah. in and out of your life. And I think that's the nice flow of how things are. But and I move around a lot. I'm a bit of a nomad. Mm. Like I've moved a lot. And some people think, oh, you're right. Shouldn't you be settling? Like, oh, if I do, I do. But I'm not going to push myself yeah. into something that doesn't Can feel right. Can I stop right. you there? That yeah, person who goes, stop. oh, shouldn't you be settling? Yeah. That's their view on what a life is. Not yours. Yeah. This is someone yeah. projecting their values onto someone else. Yeah. And we all have our own people aren't aware path. Of that. I really believe yeah. that. What's right for you might not be right for me. Yeah. And that's okay. But who said what's right? That's... that's um, yeah. So that's what's right is subjective. Hundred percent. You said what you think is right is right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like people, people just need to understand that to begin with. Like, yeah. There is no right or wrong. There is no American dream. Yeah. I say American because that's all I know of. Like, there's no Australian dream, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, like the American oh, dream yeah. is the picket fences, a family, and a good yeah. job. Yeah. That's, that's not, not what everybody wants. That's old school. Yeah. yeah, and that's not what everybody wants. The way yeah. the world is going now, anyone can take anything, depending on um, who they know, how, how their personality is, and their, obviously their finances. Yeah, it's 
what's important to you and i don't know i'm i'm a big believer in we're all souls and we come here with our own purpose and we're here to actually fulfill that purpose like mm. you can go spiritual a bit if you want to yeah, for sure i'm you gonna know. tell you i can talk so much well i know it's you can just... it's, it's awesome <laughs> I, I'm, i know a little bit about everything you do don't you i don't, I don't yeah. really specialize in one thing and i love that because i can I can talk about it a little bit and then someone can teach me more about what that topic is. I think that's great. But open-mindedness is yeah, awesome, you know. And if you know a little bit about everything about life, it all life all connects together. Yeah. And, it, you know, you learn a little bit about that thing and then you know a bit about that thing, but they also connect That's in some point. And then you figure out they do connect and then you figure... That's quite magical when that happens. You're like, yeah. wow, like there was it's a like purpose for all that bullshit that I read and, like, you know, yeah. interesting. But I have this theory talking about you, but I feel like, even going back to depression, I feel like a lot of us are actually seeking knowledge, but we don't realise it. We're actually Interesting. tell you know, me more this intrigues me, Don. I, I just feel like <laughs> even listening to you and you're very passionate about what you do and I'm passionate about what I do. I feel like when you haven't found your passion or what your knowledge is that opens you up to feel mm. it, you can feel depressed. It's like because I think that life's all about learning. That's that's just that's my take and I think you know, that if you talk about with that specifically, it's about um feeling you're important so if you know your passion this is a this is a, yeah. a deep human need if you know your passion you feel like you're important you feel worthy we you feel like worthy. you feel like yeah if yeah. you're in a dead-end job yeah, you don't you feel do like more. you belong and, you, and you're important yeah. you don't feel like you have purpose yeah and you can like look for money or that something else impressive. to become your yeah. external like i've bought this and i've yeah. got all this stuff to show you want to think about our deep human needs it's yeah like there's um the feeling of certainty feeling like you belong and you're yeah. important yeah there's more this i learned this stuff from tony robbins <laughs> yeah there is so much yeah. like if you can go to the there's everything that we know of like you know why does someone uh stick on stay on their phones you know mm. it's the feeling they may have felt like they didn't belong somewhere now they yeah. do even though yeah. it's interactive yeah. you've got to think about that deep human need yeah. yeah yeah and then you think about okay so how did they get there was it trauma childhood trauma maybe they yeah. were they were brought up where they were, had strict parents. They didn't have much people around them. And then yeah. when they went to school, they got bullied or something. Yeah. Now they don't feel like they belong. Yeah. That's because, yeah, the trauma. But that was in between. But the deep human need yeah. is belonging. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off and then went no, on. No, you didn't cut me off. That's about true. What you were talking. back to trauma again. You said something like... um, where I said I was intrigued. With the comfort zone stuff? Yeah. I know that you and I like to go past our comfort zone. I think that's um, – and I think that – I, I believe that that's really the way we grow to keep mm. not pushing unhealthily and, you know, being aware of what's coming up when we push forward. Cause I think I, I've spoken to you a bit about things. I'm like, Oh, I think I messaged you once about all these emotions coming up because I was stepping into a new chapter mm. and that's, I'm aware of that. And I need to work through it. Mm. But I think that a lot of people don't want to work through it because it can be difficult. It can yeah. bring up uncertainty. or uncertainty. Yeah. Uncer yeah, they're not certain what's going to happen there out of their comfort zone. So there's a deep the yeah. human need. Yeah. It goes back to the human need. Yeah, yeah, I like that, that uncertainty. But I also feel that if we don't push through that barrier, then we're keeping ourselves stuck and, and we're not really growing. And I'm a believer that we're actually here to grow. I believe that mm. we're here to actually grow and transform and learn. And there's so much knowledge out there. And I believe that's what we're here for, to find mm. our higher purpose and know what we're here for, understand ourselves deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper because we're so interesting. You know, there's so many layers to us. And I yeah. think personally, I'm just thinking to myself, the more I understand myself on a deeper level, 
the more excited I get about life. Yeah. You know, it's not always pleasant. Like I find parts of myself I'm like, oh, that didn't really want That's to see that. That's the best part when it's not pleasant because you can talk about it. And you go, okay, let's let's break it you down. Why is it pleasant? Then you can get into like some that. trauma and, and the cause of it. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. trauma. So but, what yeah. I, would you say like, you know, the, the age of old question, what is the meaning of life? Mm, mm. What's sees yours to, to grow and to find knowledge? To me is to really understand myself on a really deep mm. level and then therefore help others on their journey. And I think that's, yeah. I mean, personally as a therapist, I think that's what I'm here for, to help people mm-hmm. delve mm-hmm. deeper into the uncomfortable parts themselves because I've had to do a lot of that over the years. And I guess I, 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 I don't know how to say it. I don't know what I'm saying enjoy it. <laughs> it's the mm. wrong word, but I have compassion and empathy and I like to watch people go through their stuff and work through it. because I think for you. I think it's fulfilling, yeah. yeah. And I don't know, I think that sometimes if we stay stuck in our little comfort zone, we can actually kind of shrink and become miserable. Yeah, yeah there's no growth. There's no pure, you have no purpose. Yeah. Again, yeah. the pure and neat. There is no purpose in your life, so why yeah. should you keep going? What do you think about purpose? That's massive. If you don't feel you have purpose, what's the point? I mean, honestly, yeah. I don't know about you, but I have days where I go, I'm like, what am I doing? What, what am I, what, what, sometimes I do have that, you know, breakdown, I'm like, what am I really here for? And then, you know, life just, you know, letting life unfold, though, mm. shows you that it's not always about achieving something or being something. Mm. It's just about delving into yourself and letting things unfold as yeah. well. I think people need to realize that there is no right or wrong. There is no rules of what your purpose is. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. Like no yeah. one told, no one says you have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a nurse. Whatever. Like there is yeah. no rules on what your purpose could be. I think the fun part is finding out what it is. I love that. And that's the that's the whole journey. Yeah. You know, the, you know it's not the outcome. Doesn't matter. It's, it's yeah. the process and the journey. And I think when people become depressed and feel like they don't have purpose, mm. they haven't adventured out and tried to figure it out. Yeah. Or they've tried and then they've been shut down, yeah. you know, but that's when, you know, we can talk about like your resilience, you know, when you fall down, you get up. Yeah. There's that. But I think people who are like suffering depression and that, unless it's not, a, if it's not a chemical imbalance, mm. it's their perception in life. If they fall down, do they, do they think about getting up? Yeah. You know, do they feel like they they have purpose? Yeah. You know, what's their stand on that? Yeah. Um, but again, it's perception in life. Like what, yeah. how do you view things? Yeah. So if it's not a chemical imbalance, you just need to talk about it Yeah. and yeah. find the causes, find the trauma that's causing it and then find solutions. Yeah. Sounds very simple. I know it's a lot harder than that, but yeah. you can simplify it and start with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was actually writing some stuff about perfectionism last night because I used to be a massive perfectionist and What's that? Me too. Yeah, okay, yeah. But I was writing about perfectionism and I was really reflecting on old Holly and I still definitely am a perfectionist to certain things and I watch myself, even this podcast, for example, I've uh, procrastinated for such a long time and it's like I know I have this fear of trying because what if I don't succeed? So that's perfectionism. Like I I may just not do it because what if I stuff it up? Then there's the other thing where I want to prove myself. That's like that's how I used to be. Like I've got to, you know, prove myself to show that I'm worthy and I better just do all these things. And then I was really reflecting on that last night. I thought, wow, like I was actually seeking perfection within myself, not outside of myself. It was yeah. actually like me wanting to know who I was and not needing it from anyone else, not needing that external validation, but realizing that perfection is what did I? It was I had this realization that perfectionism is actually knowing that there's nothing left to take away. It's just you and being comfortable with you. And I think that's for me, that came from pressure, from yeah. external pressure 
I don't know about you, but for me it was it was something that I inherited from my parents who mean well, but also were maybe seeking that external validation or um, mm. wanting to be successful because not realising that it's actually in here. Yeah. And, yeah, I just had that epiphany yesterday and it made me just reflect, I guess, more on conditioning as well and yeah. breaking down those layers of what you're taught is success and yeah. how you should be, if that makes sense. I think, yeah, I think people need to understand is there's no rules in what you should be, become. This is why, like, mm. some people get stuck in a rut because they've been told they have to do this, they have to do that, you know. Yeah. And they try and then it's not there. It's not what their life is about and then they struggle to fit in yes. what they're trying to achieve because someone else told them to and, they get and then they get, depre- they get depressed. Yeah, I've yeah. been there. That was very much my journey actually, yeah. like getting stuck in, I thought I was meant to do that. Oh, I thought I was meant to do that. Mm. Realising it's like, oh, I don't actually have to do any of that. <laughs> it, begins, it begins, yeah, it begins with self-awareness. Like going back to um, when I used to work at the airport, you know, it was, it was a toxic environment because – to be honest, people who worked there, there was a there was a select few that did enjoy the job. They enjoyed the aviation industry. I didn't. I when people talked about planes like seven four seven and all, I'm just looking at them like, oh you're a fuck. <laughs> you know, they talk about the planes <laughs> very passionately. It. Yeah. So and then I know that they're in the right position. Yeah. But then a lot of the people were just talking shit about other people, which means like they're not really into the job. They're just like they're complaining about someone, they're complaining about management, they're complaining about their pay. They're complaining, they're complaining. And I'm thinking, if you fucking hate me so much, get the fuck out. What are you here for? Yeah, what are you? Get out. Like, don't stop complaining. And then, like, I never said that because I don't want confrontation. But if you say that to someone, they'll, you know, they'll probably come back with, oh, you know, like, this is my job. This pays the bills, whatever. Well, why are you complaining then? Yeah. You know, if this is a job that pays your bills, then be grateful for that. Stop complaining about this person is doing that, this management is doing this. I don't know what you think, but I feel that there's a lot of people out there that actually get stuck in this fear of like, well, don't I have to do this? Like they don't actually understand there is another way. It's like, well, I have to do this job because I need to pay my bills. There's no rules. There's no rules. Why? Who told you to, who told you to be that person? Who told you to think that way? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. one thing we can take away from this. There are no rules. There are no rules. Just make your own Just rules. Be a good God fucking person and don't hurt anyone in the, on the, along the way. And then you do whatever you want. Hundred percent. As long as you don't hurt anyone, you can. Live, yeah. You should be able to live your life on your terms. Simon Sinek. That's another person that I, I loved um, his view on. He specialises more in about like companies helping develop the younger generation and helping them to thrive. So yeah. the millennials and the, and understanding millennials better. One of his things were, his sayings were, if you want something, go and get it as long as you don't put anyone down or hurt anyone or or bring someone else down to get what you want. True. Yeah. Like he, he had an example of, long story short, there was a line of for free bagels. He had him and his friend, him and his friend were there. He saw the line and was like, oh, I don't really want to go because there's a line. And his friend went in. I don't even know if I'm telling the story right. His friend cut the line. He stuck his hand out, grabbed some bagels. Yeah, and he's like, so he goes, if you want something, go and get it. You're not stopping that person. Like you're cutting in the line, but you're not, you know, he doesn't have to wait any longer. You've just come in and grabbed it. He doesn't have to wait any longer. Yeah. They're still there. Yeah. He hasn't put them down. Yeah. He's gone and gotten what he had. He didn't hurt anyone in the process. Yeah. He may have gotten some people annoyed, but that's their problem, not his. Yeah. 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 There was no that. rules. You're in line. Go up to the front and grab a bagel if you want it. There's, yeah. No one's policing you. Yeah. It's just, I guess, common courtesy. Yeah, that's important. But otherwise, yeah, that's important. Otherwise, yeah, who's stopping you from getting what you want? You know, there's yourself, pretty much yourself, exactly. 
you know, there are those um, bad people who put someone, who puts other people down so they can get above them. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. do that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But if you want something, go and get it. And if yeah. it's going to be comfortable and you're going to have sacrifices, but if you really want it, there's there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Back to what we were And it comes down to believing yourself too, doesn't it? Like really yeah. having that self-belief that yeah. you can do are it. Are you worthy of it? You're worthy like, of it. Are you worthy of it? Yeah. You have to believe you are. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't believe you are, you've got to work on that. Yeah. And if you're afraid of um, failing all that, that just comes down to resilience. Yeah. You can't let fear yeah. hold you back. How fast can you get up if you've been knocked down? And I think sometimes from my experience, the more you get knocked down, <laughs> the more you're like, oh, okay, I'll just get back up again. Like it's almost just like this. Yeah. There was a uh, saying, what was it? Well, one of them was uh, Denzel Washington's speech to like graduates. Like if you want to fall, fall forward. You know, don't just fall down and stay down or fall yeah. backwards. Fall forward because that's progress still because yeah. you're falling forward. Yeah. And just get up, try it again. And you learn something every time. Like sometimes when shit's happen, I'm like, oh, my God. But you look at it and you always learn something. And to me, that's so valuable. The yeah. stuff that you learn is... It's only a failure if you don't learn anything. It's falling. You want to fall. Yeah. Yeah? Because it's like, all right, someone's fallen. You've fallen. Good work. Now get up and try again. Good yeah. fall. Yeah. Get up, try again. It's yeah. like that thing they talk about um, kids when they start to walk and they fall over all yeah. the time. It's like they're not scared. Fall? They just get back up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God. And they're not going to learn unless they try and fall down. And then yeah. they're going to learn... What made them fall down and what to do again to so they don't fall down. And then we grow up and we get so scared of falling. So yeah. interesting, actually. Fear is man-made apart from loud noises and fear of falling. Because it makes you think, what are you actually really scared of? Like, yeah, like you said, the two things. It's Yeah, it's like life, you know, we, we're going to die one day. We never mm. know. We don't actually know how that's going to happen. Mm. One of the things that, were, that was in my mind when I went to do, go and skydive. Yeah. We're going to die one day, and also, if this is my time and I have to, I'm meant to die, then I'm going to die. Pretty cool way to die. So yeah. I really, you know. <laughs> but that was that was what was running through my head. Yeah. This is my time, and I there's an accident that happens today, and I'm, I don't live. You've chosen. You've chosen. This that is way the time. Yeah. And I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. This, uh, death is another. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a fear of guess. I don't know what's to do that. But maybe that's why like fear is not as big a deal for me anymore. So I don't actually, I don't care. I'm not scared of dying. Fear. Like, it's if I want to die. Like I'm yeah. not like all melancholy. It's just like if it happens, it happens, you know, live. But I think if you're on a spiritual, slightly spiritual journey too, you kind of see it a bit differently. Death is a massive. I think that's at the end of it all, I've, it's the fear of death. Yeah. Yeah. So like an obvious example is skydiving. You think you're going to die. Right, if, it does, if things don't go to plan, things don't work out. It's mm. a fear of death which stops you from doing it. Yeah. But now let's think about let's think about someone who wanting wanting to earn money, wanting to be financially secure. Why? Time is against them. I think time is against us, but it's not. So true. What's the why, why do they want to be financially secure before they get older? Before they get older, why? Because they're going to die. Yeah. Again, it comes to death. Yeah. 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 It's usually something about time, yeah. lack of time, and then death. Yeah. Yeah. So the end game is there's death. Like there's where the fear is. We're rushing. So we're rushing. Now we go back to the topic of we're rushing. Why do we want something? Because we want it now. Because we want to achieve other things. Well, why? Because we're gonna die. It's like we're rushing through our life. We're just gonna die. Like why yeah. can't we just enjoy now, like day by day, moment by moment? Yeah. So what's the saying? Live, live like you're gonna live forever. Because if you're gonna live forever, you take your time. If you live forever, you can appreciate things more. 
I like that because you, you know, there's the other saying saying live like it's your last day. There's that as well. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's, it's like, your last day. That, I think that's that comes more towards like, you know, what would you really do? What would what? you really do? Like enjoy them. Yeah. They both actually kind of had the same underlying meaning yeah. in a way, don't yeah. they? Like just live basically. Yeah. Like, live I now. think one is like do what you've always wanted to do. Yeah. The other one is what's the rush? Relax. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. as you go on. Yeah. Yeah. They're very. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's yeah. good. So, like, death is the last. That's that's what we're afraid of. Yeah. So, if yeah. you can like spend each day, like you're gonna one, if you're gonna die tomorrow, you will spend yeah. it differently. But it also, if you're gonna, mm. if you're not gonna die, what would you do? You'd probably jump off the plane because you know you're not yeah. gonna die. You'd probably go uh, rock climbing. You you'd probably go ask that someone you've had a crush on. You'd ask him out. You know, you if you're not gonna it. die. Same yeah. thing. If you are gonna die the next day, you're gonna do it. Yeah. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. And I guess maybe it comes back to being attached to the human experience as well. Like we, That's an interesting point. Well, you know, the fear of dying, but if you're not really, if you know you're an eternal soul, then you know that you're just going to go to another realm anyway. Oh, that's Sorry. a big one. No, that's... <laughs> but I think once you connect maybe to that, like you, you have and I have, I think there's just that, that pressure's off because you're like, I'm eternal. Yeah. Like I might be in this reality now, yeah. but this is my physical reality, but it's not... Are your, are your viewers, or your listeners, I assume they are all like open-minded about the spirit world because you're all about speaking be. in spirit. <laughs> because, you know, you know, as you know, I have had experiences with that. That is massive. That's something yeah. I'm very excited about. Yeah. yeah. And actually yeah. to give your, to give you and your viewers a trailer, Just last little, night yeah. I live with, uh, let's say the better term that people know about is a medium. Yeah. yeah. So my housemate is a medium. Um, so I have been experiencing a lot of spirit stuff. Yeah. I actually experienced two physical experiences, which I am a bit freaked out about, but that's that's something we can talk about next time. Last night, I I've, was in bed. I wake up a lot in the middle of the night, so sometimes I'm awake. I heard rumbling noises. It's just me, my housemate, and our two dogs. So what I heard... So our, when our dogs play upstairs, there's a lot of rumbling, yeah? What I heard was like 10 dogs rumbling upstairs. Oh it was like a... Could have been like an earthquake, yeah? But I woke up, because I'm so used to this stuff now, I was like, whoa, cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I knew it was spirits. Yeah. My housemate could not have made this sound physically. I think it was like... It was literally a lot of footsteps happening, but not because we live in a double-story house. If you step, there is that, like hollow sound upstairs but then there's also that solid sound when you hit the floor and you you drop your weight on the floor these were like just the hollow sounds going and i was like oh man i wonder what that is i heard that last night in the middle of the night i'm a bit more excited about that stuff now because it's a different dimension yeah that started to show itself to me more yeah and then i think that means because you're open to it i think when you're ready to it it starts to open up and i think the physical feeling that i felt recently the last two weeks I think it's because I've been way too open to it and it's starting to... I didn't. I honestly didn't like the feeling that I had. Uh, I do not want to have my third eye open. Why not? Uh, look, I'm, I've always been scared of ghosts and stuff. I think yeah. more, just recently I've been more calm about it just because I understand it a little bit more. Yeah. Look, no one wants to wake up with a, with a fucking shadow in, in the end of their bed. Like yeah. stuff like that, you know. No one wants to wake up with their lights on, turning on and off. 
isn't it interesting because we've just been talking about fear, right? Mm. And now I can see where we we both stopped because, yeah. like, we're like, I don't have any fear. This but is I'm a different similar dimension, to though. This is like, but this is the journey we're on, right? Because yeah. we are transmitting our fears, and we've gone past this level. Yeah. What do you think's next, Tristan? <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. I don't know if I want to. Yeah. I look. I speaking of I death, you. I'm I comfortable with death. And yeah. I think the, the just same. Just not dead people around you. <laughs> just not dead people. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a next level trauma there. Um, <laughs> yeah. That saying I was trying to remember is I think when you've learned how to die, then you've learned how to live. Then you've begun to learn how to live. It's something like that. Mm. Something about being comfortable of dying. Yeah. Then you can start living. Does that I make like sense? That. Yeah. And to me, I don't know if this is different, but it makes me think like, you know, obviously as you go through with life and it's all your mindset as well, how you yeah. receive them. But some can really, you know, heartbreaks and injuries and ailments and it can really like, smash you a lot. Yeah. But to me it's like the more you smash through it, the more you're at ease with death. It's like you sur- it's surrender. To me, like mm. life is a lot about surrender too, like yeah. surrendering to everything and just like, okay, it's happened, what's my lesson, keep moving. And yeah. I think the more you surrender, the more you kind of like whatever, life just bring it on. Yeah, you're building resilience. Resilience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, think- yeah, I, I like yeah, the death thing. It's just. Yeah. It's when you're comfortable mm. and you know you're going to die, you're at peace with it, there is no need to rush anymore. Do what you want to do. Yeah. I feel like a wise man talking now. You are wise. Do whatever you want to do. You know you're going to die anyway. Be comfortable with it. Yeah. Whatever you want to pursue, pursue it. If you fail, you fail. You get back up. Yeah. You I know? Love it. Even when you're, like, bankrupt, what are the, the stories of the rich people who've become bankrupt and then they've yeah. come back? Yeah. You Anything's know? possible. Anything. Anything's possible. This is like what makes a great person great. I don't know if you've heard of um, Can't Hurt Me, the book Can't Hurt Me. I forgot what his name is. He he had a bad upbringing. He had a bad life and yeah. like, a, like a very hard life and he's come out on top. I love watching you know? people turn their life around. Yeah. It's Kevin awesome. Hart. You know Kevin Hart. He's got a book out. He had a hard upbringing. Yeah, he was poor. Yeah. Look at him now. He's so rich and famous and well-known. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people come out of the worst situations and what are we afraid of? Like, what, not having a house, not having shelter, not That's having money? And we're very privileged, aren't we, like, you know, mm. in the way we grew up, you know, in this country. Yeah, anything's possible. Believing in yourself is such a big one. It's believing that everything will be all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like having faith too that, like, things yeah. are actually going to work out for you and trusting the process yeah. without controlling it. I used to be a big control freak, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. No, acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to, you know... Make sure it goes this way. And then I guess life just like travels like showing me no, Holly, let go. So things will be taken away and taken away. Yeah, and be like, comfortable with it as well. Yeah. It's like you've got to surrender to the journey and trust the process and the learning, mm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about people with religion, they yeah. believe in a higher power. Yeah. I'm not religious anymore. I used to be. But they believe in there's someone looking out for them. Yeah. When they pray and they, they, they give thanks to what they have, that's gratitude. Mm. Yeah, that's I, I I have a gratitude practice on my on my own. Same. I don't I don't pray to anyone. I know there is a higher power. Yeah. But I don't know who. I but know. I I say a thanks for what I have. So that's when it comes to religion. When they pray, they yeah. give thanks. Yeah. They also ask for guidance. Mm. So they believe someone's looking out for them. Mm. And then with religion, you know, you've got your rules and stuff. So they're your intentions. Yeah. So. You can relate all, you don't have to be religious, but all that, you, if you think about religious people who aren't like martyrs and who aren't taking it to an extreme and killing other people for their religion, mm. if you think of some religion, religious people, like they're peaceful. Yeah. Just because of that. 
Yeah. The higher power, they give thanks. They have quiet time. Yeah. yeah they say grace before eating. Yeah. You know, this I can go to digestion with that. And you say grace before eating instead of watching TV and just scoffing down your food. Yeah. Now you can talk about digestion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, if you talk about religion, I'm not, like I said, I'm not religious, yeah. but the practices that they have yeah. is, you know, good for the soul. 100%. I'm not saying go and become religious, but incorporate some of their practices. Yeah, just having spiritual practice or practice mm. a, a self-care. I don't know what you feel, but I feel that in our society we do control a lot. Like we do have this tendency to control our life and yeah. have a plan and we've got to get from A to B to C to D by this time. And yeah. I like how you said so from that. From what you just said there, like controlling is because we've been taught to, you know, you yeah. need to do that and that and you're conditioned to. And then you yeah. said before this time, well, that's what the topic of death. Yeah. It all, it all comes yeah. together. And you go to some countries, you know, yeah, with, you know, quite deep practices, cultures and religions, mm. and they're kind of like, whatever, it's okay, no worries. It's like they've yeah. got this ease about them because they're like, I'm being looked after. And there's, I mean, I'm very similar to you. Like I believe in a higher power and mm. I like to channel energy from way out there. I don't even know where. Mm. <laughs> but there's to me something. it's like there's something because yeah. there's so many planets out there and we're only yeah. one. Who and do you think we're the only ones I think is actually mm. really ignorant. Mm. But like just to know that we're unlimited potential. Like we are unlimited potential, mm. but it's just us believing in that. We haven't been taught to believe how powerful we are. It's going to sound a bit negative, like, you know, killing each other, taking over territory, you know, mm. taking up all the Earth's resources. Oh, I think we are too smart for our own good. And we're just using it in the wrong ways, though, yeah. all the wrong ways. Yeah. Imagine the good we could do if we actually came from good intentions. Mm. All the money in the world could ease uh, poverty. And, you know, if you just shared all that money around evenly, even yeah. though, you know, not many people would like that, but there is enough money in the world, isn't there? Well, I'm going to touch on something that's probably going to piss people off, sorry. But with this whole COVID thing, if we're that worried about people dying, why weren't we worried about that before? People are always dying. Yeah, no, there's more people. people. This is going to be I know, and this is something there's out of my mouth. Don't blame Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like if we really gave a shit, why were people always dying? That's well, it's because it's happening to us now. That's why. It's because yeah. now it's direct. Love it. So true. Yeah. Let's say there's a there's a company that's selling something that's not really useful. It's just for money. Like Big Pharma, yeah. for instance. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. No, no, perfect example. <laughs> yeah. They saw the people, the companies who are getting the money, the big money. They yeah. don't see. They're not in the front line selling these. But yeah. then you've got the people in the chemists who are selling these, and then they they're seeing the issues and the nurses who are in front of these people who are dying. They're seeing the issues of these medications that aren't helping people that are actually turn, going backwards sometimes. They see it. They have the empathy because they can see the people, yeah. the people be, the, in the company, the big companies that don't see it. They're more willing to sell this because they don't see the outcome. Yeah. The people who are selling it front in the front line see the outcome. They create. They have more empathy and they're, they're less willing to sell it now. Yeah. It's like the police now with COVID yeah. who are starting to speak up and saying, you know, we're being told to uphold certain things that they don't believe in and now some of them are quitting, you know. Good. I yeah. love that they are following their intentions yeah. and integrity. Because they can see what's happening. Whatever this whole COVID thing is, I don't really want to talk about this COVID bullshit. I don't believe it's it's actually a, something that's just a disease that's come out or whatever it is that's come out and it's starting to affect people. There's a, There's a story behind it there's, there's control story. behind it there's yeah. definitely but i don't want to get into that because it's a waste of energy in some capacity waste of energy from a holistic therapy point of view and a coaching point of view what i find interesting is that 
what I'm being shown with this COVID thing, and this is all I'm going to talk about, is that we need to take responsibility for our own health. That's the bottom line. And you'd see that as a coach, as a therapist. People don't like what I say about It's touchy, I know, yeah. but I just feel like as healing on deep levels myself, on you know, I've always told I'd have to do this and do that and not be able to do that, and it's all bullshit. Mm. I fixed all my problems yeah. on, my, on my own. So when it comes to this shit, I'm like, why are we giving our power away? Like, mm. why are we t- letting someone else tell us how to dictate our life? That's up to us. Mm. And as a health professional, you understand the power of healing your own body and how important it is to eat well, think right, look after yourself. No one can tell you how to – no one can do that for you, right? Mm. You have to do that for yourself. Yeah. No doctor's going to give you a tablet to help your immune system or make you be healthy, right? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I've said this before, like COVID didn't – you know, there's a lot of people saying they put on COVID weight. COVID didn't tell you to eat fucking McDonald's oh, every day. I was one of those people too. Okay. You know, give it to me. No, you, well, you're look, speaking the truth. You're speaking the you, truth. If, you know, you it's up to it, you. You break it down. You made the choice to eat the stuff that you ate to, I make, did. You, I did. to make you be. Don't blame COVID. COVID was a situation that you've been put in. So you let the situation take control. It's not the situation. It's you. Yeah. You yeah. still have the choice. Yeah. I was in the same – I've – you know, we've all been impacted by COVID. I was in it too. Yeah. Why aren't I obese? Why haven't yeah, I gained pounds, <laughs> kilos, whatever? Exactly. You know, yeah. it's because I chose to still look after my health. You chose to yeah. focus on that. And yeah. then people might say, "Well, you know, you know, you've got kids remotely." That's a that's a fair excuse, I would say. But that just yeah. comes down to planning now. Yeah. 100%. You know, you didn't plan your what your time well enough to choose the right nutritious foods for you. We can always you make let it excuses. Go. That's the yeah. thing. Like, there's always an excuse we can make. I, just, I know I had an advantage of being living like, you know, it's just me in a housemate and I have, you know, I've got my own gym and like I have an easy life, yeah. Well, can I say something else though? That is actually your choice too. You chose to have an easy life. You yeah. can actually choose to have a stressful life yeah, exactly. or an easy life. So good on you for choosing yeah. that life. You know, everyone's got their, their stresses, but yeah. it's the way you manage it. It's not the stress itself that kills you. It's the way you manage your stress. Yeah. Yeah, because life is always going to throw you stressful situations. Yeah. It just depends on how you do it. Stress is a big one. That's a topic that can go on for a whole podcast. That's like <laughs> sleep and stress. Sleep and stress is the big ones that people need to just be mindful of. So, Tristan, we've been chatting for a long while. Probably time to wrap it up. What are the takeaways from this podcast recording today, do you think? Like, what's the takeaways? Uh, for me, yeah. the big ones that stood out is... Yeah. There are no rules on what you have to be. Once you've be, you've become comfortable of the notion of dying, yeah. and that we everyone's got to go someday, that you can start to actually live your life properly. I like That's that. two that are sticking out at the moment. Sticking out for you. Yeah. I like that. What about much. you? I think um, actually, I really like the two that you talked about. I like the how we talked a lot about slowing down and being yeah. present, and really, I guess, doing that work to unravel our trauma, even if we don't mm. realize we're carrying it. So we can actually be more at peace with ourselves yeah. and everybody else around us. And I think also surrendering to the journey and being less controlling and trusting that we're being guided and there's nothing to fear. Even except, dead people in your house. Except falling and loud noises. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <it's> <laughs> except falling and loud noises. Yes, except falling and loud noises. That's it. Thank you for your time today. I, really no, I, I, I think I, I do enjoy just talking shit like that.